Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, welcome you here. Thank you that you are here not to entertain us, not to uh, just to have an experience, but you are here to remind us of what Jesus said and to strengthen and comfort us so that we can be bold enough to act upon your word. So Holy Spirit, we, we, we sanctify this time and we want to hear what you have to say through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You know, yesterday I was speaking to uh, to a man, and um, he's retired now. But he used to be the UK ambassador to South Korea and in Singapore. And uh, so I asked him about UK now, what he thinks, and he just shook his head. Okay, and uh, but one thing that is very important that. You know, that you must never mix the gospel and politics. Okay? Uh, one thing that really can irritate me is uh, when you use the gospel to promote your own political agenda. Okay? You know, Brexit has nothing to do with Jesus or the gospel or this is God's will or this was people who voted. Do you understand? Uh, I don't know what all these end-time preachers say. This is because God wants the UK out of the EU and so on. This is complete rubbish. Okay? It's because people voted. And, you know, I'm old enough to believe, when I remember when Gorbachev was the Antichrist because he had a birthmark on his forehead, so that was the mark of the beast. Okay? And, and all these things, I think it's only Christians who... who who feeds on things like that. I know, I know a pastor, and he every f- statement on Facebook about uh, is about the gospel. Uh, he makes uh, you know a political agenda, and I'm just, I'm just sometimes thinking, you know, stop writing. You're just showing us all how stupid you are. Okay, so don't mix it together. And like, uh, you know, like I even heard the last election. It was because the Christian prayed that Theresa May she stayed in power. You know, no, don't buy into these things because that's not our job. No, our job is to preach the gospel. Okay, uh, our job is not to say this man is appointed by God or that man is appointed by God. Our job is to bless anyone who is in position of authority. Amen. You know, like if the Apostle Paul can say that, and at that time when he was alive. It was the Emperor Nero who was, who was the Emperor of the Roman Empire. And he was actually, his nickname was the Beast. Okay, he, he, he was the one who initiated really the persecution of the Christians. So if a man like the Apostle Paul, he can say, we pray for everyone in high positions. Mm-hmm. Amen? Because, uh, so, so, don't, so then don't get caught up in, in, in these things. Whoever who is in power, we have one job to pray for them. Okay? If you don't agree with them, pray more. Okay? And if you agree, you know, then it's easier for you to pray. But the bottom line is, we're called to pray. Mm-hmm. Amen? You know, like, uh, many years ago in Ukraine, uh, I remember there was a, 
what was it? Was a uh, one of these? He was a, he he grew up in the Soviet Union, and when he he got converted, he said to me, you know what? You know he said the Soviet, former Soviet Union is very similar to Roman Empire. He said because he said that. In the Soviet Union, the Russians forced everyone in the Soviet Union to speak Russian. You know, they destroyed the individual languages. But what they didn't realize when the, when the country opened up for the gospel, every single nation could hear the gospel in one language. <coughs> Just like the Roman Empire, the Apostle Paul traveled to the Roman Empire, he could speak anywhere and they understood what he was saying. So, so don't so, so don't buy into these things. Always see there's always opportunities to preach the gospel. Okay, uh, no, what was the focus on the end time? It becomes so negative. Oh, so Jesus is coming soon, and uh, like, and then we don't want to. We we don't focus upon what happens now, and everything we're doing, we're motivating by fear. And I'm telling you, if you get born again by fear, you're no good for the kingdom. Okay. You know, you don't want to marry someone because you are the, you are the only one who wants them. <laughs> and, you, and so you marry because no one else wants me, so I better marry you. I'm telling you, that will not be a happy marriage. Because it's motivated by fear. Okay? And, and the same thing that if for, for you and I to come into the kingdom, it's the goodness of God who, that leads to repentance. Okay? It, it, it's not like that... Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Are you ready right for Jesus? And, and I understand what people are saying, but the spirit, when it is set in, becomes wrong. You know, you can say the right thing in the wrong spirit. Amen? You know, if you don't believe me, some of these doomsday preachers, they're preaching hellfire and brimstones, and their heart is right, but their application is wrong. Because they don't get people into the kingdom and if we, fi- if we finally get someone into the kingdom, that person is so scared of God that God can never speak to that person. And it, will, and it will trouble most pastors because when we have to spend a lot of time counseling them and telling them God is not like what you heard on the street. You know, the funny part of it, sometimes I heard people, you know, they can st- stand and shout and scream and then say God loves you. You know, if my mom loved me like that, I say, don't love me at all. Do you, okay? It's with goodness. Of God that leads to repentance. Okay? It's the goodness of God. If it doesn't mean that God can't be angry, of course he can, because he is a personality just like you and I are. But it's not about God does not want you to serve him because you're scared of him. He wants you to serve him because you know him. Amen? And uh, so, 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 so focus on one thing. It's the gospel we are called to preach. Many years ago, the Lord spoke to me this thing about that, said, that bad preaching is preaching that is preached with a political agenda. Okay, you can, you, you can, you can have a political agenda and use the gospel to back you up. You know, the, the world, you know, like slavery was backed up by the those who, the slavery, they backed it up with the Bible. You know, so even today, there are people who believe that Africans, that's the mark of Cain. Which is rubbish. Okay? And so we can always use the Bible to back up a certain thing, but no, but proper preaching will have a political effect. Do you, do you understand the difference? When you preach that abortion is wrong, it will have a political effect. But we don't preach abortion because of a political agenda. 
when we preach the gospel, it will have an influence in terms of in terms of the political system. Because when we, when people's hearts change, it doesn't matter what the law is about abortion. We we don't change people by laws. We change laws by changing people. Okay, and that's where. We, we, we need, people need to hear the gospel. I remember many years ago, now, there was an electrical blackout in Los Angeles for some hours, and people just went wild. They started looting the shops and everything. Why? Because there was no one to enforce the law. And, and what it tells me is that now, that laws does not change people. But the gospel changes hearts. And when the gospel changes hearts, it doesn't matter what, people, what laws we are living under. Amen? And uh, so, so pray for this country. Pray for, for, for leaders. Uh, you know, do you know what is interesting? The Bible talks about that one of the... One of the when, when God curses a country, or when a country is under the judgment of God, it says that he will make a child a king. Or a slave a king. Do you know what is interesting with the world today? The world are celebrating all these young national prime ministers. You no, know, the Australian one, the French one, the Canadian one. They are what they have always things to common in common. No experience. And uh, so, so pray for for everyone that is in high positions because of their decisions that they make affects all of us. Okay, if you turn to John 5, um, and if, you, if any of you is in relationship with any farmers and they ask you to pray for rain, you just ignore it. Okay, I was in a church once, we had a little heat wave in Denmark, and when a farmer came with a prayer request, because you know, they, the, the farmers are struggling now, but who cares? No. <laughs> so, so he came and asked, can we ask for Wayne? No, no. <laughs> okay. In John 5, there's something I want you to, to read, see here. You know, and again, with the Bible, you have to understand with the Bible, there's many levels of revelation. And, uh, and it's like, we, we need to move beyond the first level of revelation. The first level of revelation is that you just know the story. Okay? Uh, where you just read the story, you read about the East That's the first level of revelation. But there's many more layers of revelation. And that's what the Apostle Paul talks about, that we need to get into maturity. Because of, it's only the mature who can exercise authority. And without authority, we cannot change the world here. Amen? And we, we, but the thing is, how do we get authority? One thing the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning was that uh, he just made it more clear. He said that, you know, you cannot exercise authority if you haven't first shown and they know that you love them. Okay? You know, I cannot go and correct the neighbor's kids even if I love to. I would love to do that. Okay? But if I do that, that's called child abuse. Why? Because it's not my responsibility. Do you understand? And that's where the scripture I got was that 
It was only after Jesus was resurrected that he said, all authority has been given unto me. He didn't say it before. He said it afterwards. Why? Because he, by his death, had proven he loved the world. And that's very important with, with us as individuals. That, that let us not be so eager to exercise authority first. Let us be eager to show that I am for you. That's what, that's what John 3.16 talks about. For Jesus, so, for God so loved the world. Okay? But... So, and that's where the problem is, but we as a, in the church, we, what happens in the world, we are withdrawn, and then we pointed fingers and said, the world are doing this, the world are doing this, and the world are doing this. They are sinners, and they do this. I'm telling you, what do you expect? A sinner sins. You know, I don't know, that's deep revelation. As, you know, a sinner sins. We, we get so upset in the church, oh, now the, now the government has passed a new law. What do you expect? Sinners pass bad laws. Okay? But, but why do no, no one listen to the church? Because church has become a part where we withdrawn ourselves and just pointing fingers at the, at the world and say, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. But we as the church don't do anything. Did you know that the church was supposed to be the welfare uh, safety net of a society? Not the government. Okay? That's why that people sold houses, they brought money to the church. Why? So that they could support the poor. But today people become dependent on the government. Okay? And when, and when the illusion is sold, then man does not need God. Why? We have the government. But what, what the welfare state does without God creates a group of people that becomes consumers and not producers. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how the statistics is in England, but in Denmark now, there are more people on benefits and wealth on the welfare system than actually people who are working. Can you imagine that? So, so, so when you are voting, who have the influence? Those who don't produce anything. <coughs> I, 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 I'm glad I don't live there. Okay. So anyway, if you found John chapter five. It says here, this is a question that is quite interesting here. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, this is verse 1, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five portions. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, hauled, weathered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever went first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will you be made whole? Think about this. This is a man who's, who's paralyzed or impotent. Or, you know, he can't move. He's waiting at the pool. He's, he's not waiting in his home. He's waiting at the pool because they believe that when the water stirs, the first one who gets into the water will be healed. And uh, if you know a little bit about Jewish history, they believe that angel, you know, that the Jewish people believe, they, they, they talk about more than a few archangels. 
So, so one of the archangels is, uh, is an angel called Raphael, who is in charge of uh, people who are ill. So they believe this is Raphael who is coming down to stir the water. But anyway, so, so, so imagine all these sick people there, there. And then Jesus, he goes to this man who's been there 38 years. I don't know, it doesn't say if he'd been laying there for 38 years. But it says he had the illness for 38 years. And then Jesus asked him, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Have you ever, have you ever thought of that question? You know, ask that next, next time you go to work. See a patient in pain. Do you want to be pain free? Okay. First time I read this thing and said, do you want to be healed? I always thought this is an odd question to ask. But as, a, as my experience as a pastor, I realized the question is actually not that strange. You know, as a, you know I, I, I have had prayer requests about people asking me to pray for them. Not just so much that they could still claim the benefits. You know, do you want to get healed? Yes, I want to get healed. But not healed so much that I need to work. I don't know how you get how how, how you pray that prayer. You know that. I, I, first time I said to him, well, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I thought I must have heard wrong. You know, like you know, like uh, this was in Denmark, so this uh, I should be able to understand what he was saying. And was, the funny part of the situation was that his wife, she was uh, she had to be delivered for something, and this was really amazing uh, thing that happened. This was a woman in her mid uh, middle aged woman. And she was very quiet until we started praying. And when she started speaking with a deep male voice. Okay. And he was, uh, the husband, he was just sitting over there in the chair. It's like nothing happened. He, he, he probably used to. He probably heard that voice. But, <laughs> but he, she, you know, she spoke with a deep male voice. And, and so she got delivered and that was fine. And, and then I turned to the husband there and said, Is something wrong with you? Do you want to be healed? And he had a problem with his arm. And then he said, just, uh, can I, yeah, if I can be healed so that I can still claim my benefits. And, and do you know what <coughs> the thing is that when Jesus asks ask us, do you want to be healed? Now, we, now you have to understand, now we're reading it from the New Testament side, after the resurrection, where, do you know, we still, we, many of us, we still pray in a way that we believe that we need to convince Jesus to do it. Do you understand? You know, you know we, we ask, you know, do you know what? We should, the Bible does not even say we should pray for the sick. The Bible says, you shall heal them. But what do we do? We pray, Jesus, please heal them. But you know, the Bible does not teach that. The Bible teaches, you lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you go and heal them. Yeah. It's not me, it's Jesus, but Jesus says it's you. Yeah, but I say it's him. Have you thought about that? Jesus, we say, it's not me, it's Jesus. And Jesus says, no, it's not me, it's him. No, it's him. No, it's you. Him, new. Okay? But the thing is, do you want to be healed? What 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 what, what I want you to start thinking about is that whatever Whatever situation, need you have, it's available now 
You don't need to go and get it. You got it. Now, you might have it as a seed form, but nevertheless, you got it. Do you understand? The moment you became a born-again Christian, the moment the Holy Spirit dwelt in you, you got everything. Do you know, Ephesians 1 talks about that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Meaning, we have it now. Which means that everything that is in heaven now, you can enjoy on earth now. Not tomorrow, not when you die. You know, like someone said, you don't need to be here when you go to heaven. Everyone is healthy in heaven. I told you last Sunday, the benefit line will be all nurses because they're unemployed in heaven. Okay. But everyone is healthy. So maybe that's why the British, they're preparing for heaven. The British people love queuing. Have you noticed that? Why are you queuing? I don't know. Well, it's just a line here. So I stand here too. No, I'm just exactuating. You understand? But, but the thing is, everything that there is in heaven is yours now. Think about if you apply that to your prayers. Think about how you pray. Jesus, bless me. He said, what do you mean? I have already blessed you. Jesus, heal me. I said, what do you mean? I've already healed you. Jesus, help me with my finances. What do you mean? I have already given you everything you need. But the thing is, if we don't know that we have it, we act like we don't have it. Do you understand? If we don't know that we have it, we act like if we don't have it. Mm -hmm. The deception of the snake... When he spoke to Eve, he deceived her to believe that she didn't have what she had. And therefore she tried to get what she already had. Do you understand that? He, the, the, the snake said to her, if you eat of the fruit, you will become like God. But the truth of it was, she was already like God. Why? Because God said, let us make man in our image. Mm -hmm. But the devil said, no, if you eat of the fruit, then you will be like God. And she ended up believing the devil, so she tried to pursue something that she didn't have. And when she didn't realize it, she lost it. And the, the, the real important part of it is here that we, we know you should read Ephesians at least once a week. This is like the Grand Canyons of the of the Gospels, uh, of Rocky Mountains. You can whatever if you if you're low, it's Grand Canyon. If you're really high, it's Grand Canyon. Okay, but that's the revelation. That's the pinnacle of the Apostle Paul's revelation. Is the book of Ephesians. He says you have been blessed. He says you you are seated with Christ. In the heavenlies. But the thing is, we, we, we still approach our faith life in a way that we, we're going to get it, we're going to gain it, we're going to have it one day. We, we are like Jews next year in Jerusalem. You know, this is, the Jewish people are still greeting one another like this. They say, Shalom, next year in Jerusalem. 
Where God said, I put everything in your past. I'm not putting money in your account today. I put money in your account 2,000 years ago. Yeah. But we pray, God put money into my account tomorrow. Do you, are you getting this? But when you start realizing, I have already got it. Now, where you, you, your prayers will, will, will change from asking God, please, to become prayers that say, thank you. Yeah. So we don't pray, God, please heal me. We say, God, thank you that you have healed me. We don't pray, God, please provide for me. No, you say, thank you that you have given me all that I need in Christ Jesus. Okay. That's, that's how we should pray. Because we have already got every spiritual blessing. Like, as he is, the Bible say, so are we in this world. Now notice it says, as he is. Not, it doesn't say, as he were. As he is, meaning now. So, if you have an illness, you say, does Jesus have an illness? No. As he is, so am I. I heard a testimony about a woman. She, they found a tumor in her breast. And she quoted a scripture that said, she said, Jesus has no tumor. Therefore, I don't have any tumor. And God healed her. And she got healed. And I believe that we have to change our way of thinking. So we have to discipline ourselves instead of asking, please help, please do, please move. No, we say, thank you that you have moved. Thank you that you have provided. Thank you that you have healed me. Thank, thank you that I am blessed or I have been blessed. I'm not going to be. I have been. Why, when? On the cross. Do you know that exactly the same thing did the devil do to Jesus in the desert? If, you, if you're reading the temptations of, the, of Jesus in the desert, he, what, if you are the Son of God, but he, was, he knew he was the Son of God. He was not trying to become the Son of God. No, that was the temptation. If you fall down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. What was he saying? I will make you king. But Jesus, he was already king. And the same thing the devil does to you and me, he, he does this thing, you know, now you're not going to be blessed. No, no, say, you're going to be blessed. If you just do this, you're going to be this, if you do that, and so on. But the Bible says, you have already got everything in Christ Jesus. And now you have to understand spiritual blessings, it's not something that floats around. Sometimes we Christians, we don't understand the spiritual realm. You know, the sp- this world, the physical world here, it's basically a copy of the spiritual realm. 
Do you understand? When, when you die, you don't get a white bed linen over your head and then, sw- and then floating around. You know, you, and, and you won't see Casper too. You don't understand. The, like, the spiritual realm is as physical as this realm. Yeah. Some people, they think we all... Go, and you're not going to sit in heaven on a cloud and play harp <laughs> through eternity. Because I heard some of your musical skills. That would not be heaven if I lived next to you. Mm-hmm. If God really wants to punish you, I will, someone I don't like, I will say, God, please put him next to someone who is just starting to learn to play the violin. <laughs> Have you ever... You know, violin can sound really good if you're good at it. And if you're not good at it, it's terrible. How do I know? My, my dad, he thought he was good at playing violin. He wasn't. <laughs> okay. He was tone deaf, I think, and it was like I can still hear, I can still hear the sound when I'm talking about it. Okay, so heaven is not like that. Heaven is like a real world. When the Bible says that Jesus goes back to heaven, to his father's house, to prepare a mansion, do you think it's just floating around in in the in the sky? This is your mansion, yeah, but I can't get up there because it's up there, up down here. No, it's a real place. So everything that is in heaven or in the spiritual realm, the spiritual world, you and I can get here. Yes. So, like, and I believe many prayers are not answered simple of a simple reason we ask the wrong way. Yes. Have you noticed? Have you ever done internet banking? Have you ever got your password wrong three times and you got blocked? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the account, is it? There's nothing wrong with the bank. There's something wrong with your memory. <laughs> okay, no, but the thing is that we didn't get what we try to achieve because we did it the wrong way. That's right. And it was just four simple numbers. I told you this dementia is really a problem. I told you, I, I forgot, the, I got this letter again. I forgot this appointment too. But I had to check before dementia. Okay, but the thing is that we, we, I, I compare to our prayers that we we try, we, we put faith into the future that is similar to that you use the wrong pin code. Your intentions are good, but you're not doing it the way it's supposed to be. Prayer is not about getting God to do, prayer is about thanking God for what He has done. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you understand? You know, the, the, the prayer of the sinner is really say thank you that you have saved me. Amen. Not thank you that you are going to save me. Why? Because he died 2,000 years ago and that's when you got saved. <clears throat> X amount of years ago, that's when you realized it was yours. 
And I don't know about you, when I got saved, I, I start thinking, why did I not realize that earlier? Meaning, I could have got it earlier if I've just realized it. Meaning, if I've done it the right way. Many of us, we taught to pray, God, please do this. And we begging, we crying, and we think that is going to impress God. Now, but, and, and when we find examples in the Old Testament, but you have to understand, that's Old Testament. Mm. Jesus haven't died yet. Mm. You know, but those who died... In the Old Testament, before the cross, they died in faith for what was going to come. We, after the cross, we die because we know in, in the faith of what has already been done. So in the Old Testament, they have to pray like this. Please move your hand and please do this. and please. Why? Because it has not been settled yet. But we, on the other hand, it has been settled. Yeah. So you are not <laughs> going to be, you are now blessed. Amen. Amen. You are blessed. Oh yeah, but you are blessed. Yeah, but you don't know my, my mother-in-law. You are blessed. <laughs> you don't know my uncle. You are blessed. If, you, if you're not blessed, that's because you're deceived. So when you say to your spouse, you are blessed. They didn't get that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Children, look at your parents. You are blessed. How? You got me. <laughs> Amen. You are blessed. You're not going to be. You are healed. You're not going to be. Okay? So, so we have to understand that this is how we have to change the way we're thinking. We, this is like coming into a new kingdom. That we in, the, in the world, there's a timeline. Have you noticed? Time goes and the older you become the faster time goes it's terrible like when you no know, I, I remember when i was a child and we got our, we got our christmas presents on the 24th in the evening that was the longest day of the year can you imagine the whole day you have to wait for and, and in, in our family or something like we say yeah we have to eat first who cares about food when you can see all these gifts and then, and we had to do the dishes first. That was the only time of year I helped with the dishes. <laughs> okay. But, but have you noticed now, when you become older, time, you just look at it, and where did the time go? This is this world, but the spiritual world, there's no time. You can never grow old. So there's no Facebook in heaven. <laughs> There's no timeline. <laughs> okay? But, so, so, so in the kingdom of God, we thank him for what he has done. When you start seeing you having it, you got it. Amen. And when you start, if you're catching what I'm saying, the, the one thing you should have, it, uh, one word you should have in your head is the word Possibilities. All things are possible for he who believes. Amen? Why? Because I have received everything. But, but we, we have been taught by religion, by preachers who are well-meaning, that we are going to do it. Like, for example, you probably heard, there is no revival because we don't pray enough. We need to pray more. No, you don't need to pray more. You need to open your eyes more. That's right. Because what we mean is that we need to do something to get God to do. But 
It's not about God to do. It's about me seeing what he has done. I, I, I don't know if you read about the Welsh revival. They say that was the biggest outpouring of the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost. Evan Roberts, the first meeting, there was only a small handful of people, and he went home and said, We got it! I'm telling you, if people looked at them, they would said to him, God what? I mean, he said, put it in the newspaper, revival had broken out. <coughs> what, do you know what that reminds me of? When Elijah, he sees the little cloud in the horizon when he prays for rain. Okay? But the thing is, you have it. So we have to teach ourselves to speak in a new way. Yeah. Just like when you came to Yorkshire, you have to learn to speak Yorkshire. <laughs> what? Yes, hello. Uh, other places. Where was I? Here, lovey. <laughs> I can't remember where I was. Somewhere in Yorkshire. <laughs> hey, it's for change. Here, lovey. Oh. First time, are you? They're really nice people in Yorkshire. They love everyone. <laughs> okay, but. In the, kingdom of, the language of the kingdom of God is when we learn to say, thank you, Jesus. Yes, don't, don't say, why, why, why. No, say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? But anyway, so, so, he, so he, for an angel went down, so after the pool, so when Jesus come and say, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? And, and that's the question I want you to ask yourself. Whatever circumstance, whatever situation you are in right now, do you want it to be well? Amen. If you have problems in relationship, do you want that relationship to be restored? And most of us will say, yeah, if he or she changes, I will have it to be restored. And we, we will be friends if they change. Never mind you, but if they change. I used to pray to the Lord, God, let Yen see my wisdom. <laughs> Open her eyes, Jesus. Until Jesus said, you know, it's me. Because have you noticed you can't change someone else? Do you know? You can't. I can see some of you, oh, that's not true. No, you can't. <laughs> You cannot change them. You can change yourself. Have you noticed, I told you again, when you point at a problem, you point three fingers at yourself. It's always your fault. Okay? He said, so, so what, what this indicates is, will you be made whole? That means, if you want to, you can get it. It is actually connected with this thing where Jesus says, whatsoever your heart desires, you can have it. He says, will you be made whole? And what, what, what Jesus says, is saying to this man is that this man, he's keep looking at the pool, at the water. He, he's looking at some, he's he thinking the solution for his problem is outside of him. Oh, I will not be lonely if everyone just recognized how wonderful I am. 
or whatever. You know, I would be happy if my neighbor was not like that. I would be happy if my job paid twice as much. Whatever it may be. No, that's a deception. Because joy and happiness, contentment, satisfaction is not found on the outside. It's found on the inside. I mean, if you can understand this, now you can understand why the Bible talks about Christ is the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's in the Colossians. Remember, remember when Adam, remember Adam, not Adam from, uh, from Nottingham, Adam from the Bible. You remember Adam? Okay. He, God looked at him and when he said to Adam, it's not good. For man to be alone. Why did he say that? Because he saw Adam every day in the garden on his own without a wife. <laughs> Have you noticed when you get married all your bad behavior got caught out? Don't do this. Don't do this. Get your hands out of the pocket. Stay straight. All these things get caught out once you get a wife. Chase underwear. Nah, we just turn them around. <laughs> socks. Oh, why are all these socks laying around there? What socks? I can't see any socks. I mean, all, uh, all these things got sorted out once you get married. Have you noticed that? Uh, Wilson, you, you not noticed. <laughs> okay. But he said, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? This, uh, no, so he said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. And Adam said, what? Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. There's plenty to, plenty to eat here. <laughs> but, but, but remember, when you go and see, if you read it, when God names all the animals, God brings all the animals to Adam, and when he names them and says, this is monkey. He didn't say mother-in-law, monkey. <laughs> okay. And, and, so, and when he says, Adam didn't find any helper. What he was looking for was a helper, a, a bride. And what happened is, that what happened is in the Bible is that God put Adam to sleep. Put him to sleep, baby dying. And, and where was Eve? Not on the outside, but where was the solution to his lack? It wasn't in his circumstances, it wasn't outside of him, it was inside of him already. But he didn't look for it here, he looked for it out there. Mm. Do you know, where is Jesus? In us. In us. How do we get him out? We get him out by thanking him for what he has done. But we, well, very often what we do, we pray, Oh God, I pray for my husband, change him. Or pray for my manager, that he can see I am a blessing to him. <laughs> what should he have done without me? Is me the hardest working of all his employees. Let him see how good I am so he can bless me. <laughs> This is how we play. So, and I'm telling you, whatever managers you have on the outside, no matter how good he is or she is, it will not be the cause of satisfaction on the inside. The answer is, you know, when, 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 when we are unhappy with people, behavior is often because something is going on on the inside of us. 
Okay, have you noticed? People can ask you anything once you got an ice cream. Will you help me to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else I can do with you? <laughs> Once the ice cream is finished, can you help me? No! <laughs> okay, it's inside of you. Anyway, to say, do you want to be made whole? I'm asking you, do you want to conquer that thing in your life now? Yes. You got it in you already. You don't need to be equipped. You don't need to be more anointed, so to speak. You got it all inside of you now to break through. But you have maybe waited for something in the circumstances to change. And then I will be made whole. Like this man. Oh, do you want to be made whole? And then, uh, notice what he's answering Jesus. The, input, the seven the impotent man answered him, Sir, you know, Sir. You know, when people come to me and say, Pastor Kurt, I said, oh, now I have to be careful. So I, what I do, the blood of Jesus is over me. Okay, you can say, what do you want? Okay, so, Sir. And then he says, I have no man. I have, he, he, Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? He was still focused on this pool. He was still focused on this. I am the resurrection and the life, he said to Martha. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, but in the end of time, he will come, Lazarus will be resurrected. I am the resurrection. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but if you will come earlier. Can you imagine when Martha comes to heaven? She stands before the king of kings. So, Martha, you told me off. If you had come earlier, Jesus, my brother wouldn't have died. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> or if you're Joseph, can you imagine if you smacked Jesus as a baby? Jo- <laughs> <coughs> Joseph, I told you it wasn't me. <laughs> I, it wasn't me, it was James. <laughs> can you, that's why Joseph died before Jesus. <laughs> Joseph had to get up there to get a word in before Jesus came. <laughs> okay. But he says, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. He now believed it was someone else's responsibility for him to be made whole. The reason for why he was not whole was because I had no one to put me in the water. So it's not my fault. It's someone else. Have you heard that many times? I mean, people, they get angry with me because they say, Oh, pastor, can you come to my house and pray for me? I said, no, you can come to church. Yeah, but come to church. Come to, come to my house and pray for me. No, come to church and I can pray for you. Because if you do that, half of the job is already done. Because, so, so he said, so he said, I have no one, but while I'm coming, another stepped up, and someone else always jumps the queue. Obviously, these are Hebrews, they're not British. Because no one jumps the queue in a... Have you, have you tried to jump the queue? You can feel the eyes in the neck. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, try next time you go shopping. You see, 
Everyone will talk. I mean, you. My, my pastor told me to do it. <laughs> no, try and jump the queue. Uh, okay. So he said, basically, he said, it's not my fault to put me into the water. Jesus, and then Jesus said unto him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And that verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, notice here. And immediately the man was made whole. Do you know what? Jesus just restored 38 years of that man's life. Because being made whole, remember what I said to you, is not be the same as being made healed. Or being healed. Being made whole is that he also reversed the consequence of the illness or the sin that has destroyed and stolen from you. Jesus made him whole. Do you understand? He made him whole. He, he said, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. But what he really wanted Jesus, uh, this man to see was that if he sees Jesus, if he hears him, he don't need to rely upon an outward circumstance. Do you know that what, if you should draw a picture, how would you draw peace? What, is the, what image do you get in your head when you think about peace. The image I get in my head is Jesus sleeping in the boat when the boat is sinking. That's peace. In the midst of circumstances, he slept. Amen. And, and the thing is, that because we so train to follow what we see in the natural, but we don't, are not realizing what we see in the natural is all subject to change. Nothing you see in the natural is permanent. If you don't believe me, go scroll down on your Facebook, go five years back, and you will say, who is this? That's you, five years ago, on your profile picture. Everything in the natural changes. And everything in the natural is subject to change. And how do we change the natural? By the spiritual. That's why Jesus he says that what we bind on earth shall be bound in the spirit or in heaven. What we lose in heaven shall be loosed on earth. Amen? So, so, so you, when you start realizing you have that authority, you can rest. You can lose money. You didn't know. You know, you, you, you know finance, healing, whatever it may be, it starts not in the natural it starts in the spirit. It, it, you know, like Robert Sliadon, he had a vision. He, he wrote a book when he, about when he was eight years old, where he was taken to heaven, had a vision of heaven. And then, because he's an eight-year-old, so Jesus has to use Im images that an eight-year-old understands. You have to understand, when people write about heaven, heaven don't look like that. Do you understand? It's just images that is used so that to communicate a point. Okay, that's why, like, when you read about Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah at the, at the end of days, it's not, you know, like, God can't say to them, yeah, maybe we are, someone will drop a nuclear bomb, and then Jeremiah says, nuclear what? Or an airplane or something. So when we see things, we have to put words on it that they understand. So this, this man, yeah, when he was eight years old, so Jesus takes him into a storehouse in heaven. 
Now, I don't believe that the storehouse exists, but it's to get a point across. And when he goes in there, he says it's like a butcher's shop, like with their arms and legs and body parts and everything. And when Jesus says to this boy, why, the reason for why they're all here is because no one on earth have asked for it. So when you, what he was illustrating was that if you have problems with your body, ask for Jesus to give it. And I'm telling you that one of the biggest shock we will get when we get when we when we come to heaven would be all the things that was you 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 come to a big warehouse with your name on. And many will say it was for you on earth. I said what. Well, you will see line upon line of new shoes and you only got a pair of sandals. <laughs> what? I thought I was supposed to walk like with Jewish people in the desert. So one pair of sandals was not. But because you didn't ask for it, it wasn't provided. I'm telling you, we have to ask for it. But, though, but what we ask for is for someone else. We're trying to change the natural with the natural. No, we invoke heaven to touch earth. And we do that because we know we are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. So if we know that he has it, and he says, with everything that I have, I give to you. If he has it, I got it. That's why he gave you his name. He said, here is my name. Next time you use the name, think about, you're standing, has Jesus got this problem? No. That means I don't have that problem too. Why, how do I know? Because I got his name. I got his name. I, I, that name, it says, but every, every name that can be named shall, shall bow its knees for the name of Jesus. So, has cancer got a name? Yeah, cancer is a name. So, the name of Jesus shall bow its knees... You know, cancer shall bow his knees for the name of Jesus. If you can give it a name. Now, don't use that in, in deliverance. It used to be a very funny thing about deliverance. They always used to, because he, they used this uh, passage where Jesus asked, what is your name to the demon? And he said, we are uh, a legion because we are many. And then in deliverance ministry, people used to say to a demon, what's your name? And then the demon said, my name is the spirit of lies. Come out in Jesus' name. Are you still there? No. <laughs> no, don't use it in that way, okay? But in his name, your name, it's yours. You have to, you have to understand, you have to, when you, you have to compare yourself, mirror yourself in the light of Jesus. So when you face a situation, would Jesus struggle with this? And the answer is no. So why should I struggle with it? Does fear have a name? Yes. When fear has to bow its name. Fear is a spirit. It's not a feeling. It's a spirit. And if it's a spirit, you you can exercise authority over it. So you can say to the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus, quiet. You can. Lack. Is that a name? Yeah. Now, Jesus, John 10.10, 10, 
He says, I come to give life more abundantly. Philippians 4.19, he will meet your needs according to his riches. He, he, you know, we, we, but because we don't exercising it, it's not going to happen. Kenneth right. Hagen, he shares in a book about where he had a vision of Jesus. And while Jesus was talking to him, a demon come and stand between him and Jesus. And Jesus is still talking, but Kenneth Hagen can't hear. And Kenneth Hagen, he says, Jesus, why don't you get him away? Why don't you get him away? Yeah, I can't, you, you keep talking, but I can't hear. And until finally, Kenneth Hagen realized that it's him who has to rebuke the demon of his spirit. And then he does that in the name of Jesus, the spirit runs away. And then he can hear Jesus again. And he asked Jesus, why didn't you do it? And Jesus says something like, why didn't you do it earlier? It's us who's been given the authority here on earth. But we have to exercise it. Amen? Not, not for someone else to come and do He said he could have been made whole, this man, anytime. Why? Because he was a child of a covenant. He had a right to be healed. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be joyful? Do you want to be a conqueror? Do you want to be in abundance? Do you want to... Whatever your need is, it's up to us. How? But we're exercising it. But if we're waiting for Jesus, the devil has already won. Can you imagine you go to the gym and say, Oh yeah, I want a six pack here. Biceps like Rocky Mountains on each side. And I look, I want to look like a tree, like vroom. And then the instructor will look at you and say, Do you really want to? Yeah, I will. I can okay. 200 push-ups now. What? <laughs> and after that, you come back tomorrow and do it again. And after a week, it's 400. I said, what? <laughs> and then you will find out how many muscles Jesus put in your body. Okay? I'm telling you, it's, it's like, anything is possible today for you. But, the, but many of us have been led to believe if this will happen, if the government will be different, then we will be happy. If, whatever, if, my pay rise, if I get a pay rise, I will be happy. If I know, you will be happy when you realize what you have already got. Amen? Amen. So, he said, do, so he says, Jesus, rise up and take your bed. Can you imagine what he would, rise up and take your Me? He acted on the word. The same way as you and I we should do today. Act on the word. Act on the word. Act on the word. Act on the word. No, don't, you know, like many people, they like to put the word of God in frames, on the wall, cross-stitching it. Now it's Facebook. Put it on Facebook. But you know where it really makes a difference? When you put it in your heart. Amen? Put it in your heart. Yeah, but my mother-in-law, she has no heart. <laughs> I can tell you that. No, no. You can find it somewhere. You, you can burn it in. But the thing is, when you put it in your heart, and he acted upon it. Now, the, 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 the interesting thing about it, now, remember, there was a lot of people at the pool. 
Can you imagine? You know, what, are, what I don't understand that the other people who are laying there why didn't they shout to Jesus me next? Mm. Mm. I, I, I always wonder why did we not healed? There was only one who got healed. And yet they could all have been healed if they have reached out. Can you imagine? Jesus, he had to climb over someone. We have to crawl over someone. And there was one here who was sick. Oh, oh, he stepped on his foot. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he had to go the same way back. And they all seen this man who was 38 years late there at the pool. And then he see him get healed, take his bed and walk off. They should have jumped on him. And said, me next. But what, what I think they've done. I think the reason for why we didn't do it, I think it was because we got jealous. Do you know what I find very often? Have you ever found that you're standing in a situation with a need? You've done all the things you need to do, and when you hear testimony of someone else who got what you needed. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and they don't even need it. You might need a new car. And say, oh, God bless me with a car. And you're thinking, he already got four. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, but the way we act when other people are blessed will show if we can be entrusted with the blessing ourselves. This is the test. So when you can rejoice when someone else got blessed. So that's why when I was single, I, you know, I learned this thing about, uh, I learned that quickly. Before I got married, about you don't just marry the one. So when I saw other people getting married, I said, "Oh, bless you! You don't know what you're going into." Because I've seen all the crazy family over there: <laughs> Christmas, Easter, birthdays, anniversaries. That you have to spend time with all these crazy people. Bless you! <laughs> it wasn't like me thinking, "Why am I single?" No, no, I said, "Ha ha ha ha." If you don't believe me, remember Pastor Erling? I can't believe you can be 60 and looking that good. That's incredible. He, didn't, he does not look a day over 30. I'm telling you. I said to him, you know, I, I get him to lay hands on me every day. Every time we pray, we're together. And see, obviously it works, you see. No. <laughs> no. I, I was actually telling you, Yesterday, we were, this was the last official day for Matthew's school, and so I met some parents. We have seen we, no, that, uh, we, that I met 14 years ago when Matthew started in school. I said to him, they should actually have taken a picture of us on the first day at school, and then taking a picture of the parents 14 years later, and then we should have put on, see what this school do to you. <laughs> we all lost hair wide or whatever but the thing is that you know you you got it don't be you know when when, when i hear about a testimony when my, when my faith needs to rise do you understand i need to i, I it bless me when i hear testimonies why because it makes it possible because i'm thinking if you can bless that clown he can definitely bless me I don't think clown, but it was just to make an exaggeration. You got it. No, if you can bless him, ha, you will definitely bless me. I'm absolutely sure of that. 
Okay? You know, when you respond like that, that you can rejoice with other people's blessing, their breakthroughs, and so on, you're showing, expressing to God that I can be entrusted with it too. And, and what, but what we, I think that many of these people at the pool, they got jealous. Mm-hmm. And both say he jumped the queue too. But this is what Jesus, now, Jesus, what he did, he did this is what we should do today. When we are with unbelievers, we, that's what we should do today. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to be happy? And then we say, yes. Then say, I can make you happy. How? And then you make a funny dance, and then we laugh, and then you are happy. <laughs> you can do a John Travolta in front of you, then people will laugh. Whatever. But this is today, for us, don't wait for something to change, you change it. Don't believe in this teaching about God opens doors and God closes doors. No. If the door is not open, you kick it. You smash the door and walk in. Amen? You're not led by circumstances. You're led by the word of God. Can you imagine if Joshua had been in, the, in a, a charismatic church? He come to the promised land. He looked at the walls of Jericho. I think God closed the doors. He saw the walls. No, what did he do? He walked seven times around. And then the greatest miracles of all, when the last time, they had to walk around. They had to stay silent. Can you imagine that? Christians, we can't stay silent for very long. Okay? So, 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 so take the authority today. Act upon what Jesus has given you. Don't wait for someone else to change. Your, your happiness is not dependent on how people treat you. You are not what other people say that you are. This Jewish man, he said to me many years ago, but when people mistreat you, that doesn't mean that every time someone tells you off, they're not right, but if people mistreat you, then he said, it's a reflection of who they are and not a reflection of who you are. The only thing you need to be concerned about is, what does God say? Amen? So, so act on them. So Jesus said in, in, in Matthew, all authority has been given unto me, and when he, when he immediately delegated to you and me. He who is in me, what is that? Greater than he who is in the world. What does it mean that I don't need to be worried about anything? One of the things where I come across quite frequently lately is this thing that people have this, you know, like a, a forbodian spirit. They always expect something bad to happen. They always expect something wrong to go. And, and like, whatever. It's always like, but you know what? Expect something good. You wake up tomorrow and say, oh, this is a great day. There's no such thing as Blue Monday. It's Blessed Monday. Okay. Oh, but I read the news. Most people are depressed Monday morning. Yeah, but don't believe, but don't believe that newspaper. Believe what the Bible says. Today is the day of salvation. Rejoice and be glad. Amen. Amen. Just be happy. How? And then, if if the devil attacks your mind, what the best way to answer him back? Start praising God. That's good. Yes. 
So the more he attacks your mind, keep louder, you, 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 you praise God. But what shall I say? You can just say one word, praise God or hallelujah. But I don't feel like it. it. doesn't matter if you feel like it. He doesn't know what you feel. Right. Do you understand? It's only, he, the devil only knows how you feel by when you tell him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, I'm not feeling so good today. I mean, are you not feeling good? I'll get another spirit to come and make you feel That's even right. worse. Yeah. But you might be feeling bad inside. And say, I'm great. Oh, you feel great. I better stay away. He, he can't read your mind. He only knows what you tell him. Yeah. Oh, I'm a nobody. Oh, you're a nobody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Become spirit of a, a depression, enforcing this thing. But if you keep saying, he was in me when he was in the world, I am amazing because Jesus lives in me. I am not scared of anything. And when your hair is standing up, I, yeah, but that's just a new hairstyle. It's not my fear. <laughs> okay. Do you understand? Don't worry. Don't tell the devil what he wants to hear because that will just attract more. You start talking what the Bible says, despite of what you feel. Do you know what? That's why when you get married, you have witnesses. Have you ever thought why you have witnesses at a wedding? It's because they know somewhere down the line you go crazy. And you feel, oh, I'm not married. No, no, no. We have witnesses who can witness that you were there and you meant it. Yeah. doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. You are blessed 24-7 every single day. Amen. It doesn't matter what you feel about your spouse or your neighbor. You are blessed. Amen. Yes. And they are blessed for having you. Yes. <laughs> you, you tell that to next, next time there is contract negotiations. You know... You are blessed because you got me. And I would like to see your gratefulness in currency. <laughs> I said, who do you think you are? How long have you got? <laughs> I'm more than a conqueror. I will never die. I'm actually an E.T. <laughs> the Bible says we are peculiar people. I'm a king. And I'm a priest, and I can call the blessing down upon this company. So you better not let go of me. You know, but we, you know, but we, we don't we don't used to think like that. But that's because we don't know what we have got. Yeah. Think about it. Think think about it. you have got everything that Jesus has. Yes. Now exercising it. Mm-hmm. Throw out all these bad prayers. Please help me. Please bless me. Throw it out. And say, yes, I am blessed. Amen. Yes, I have all that I need. And more. Yes, I can lay hands on my sick And they shall be healed. I have all these things. By his stripes, I have been healed. Amen. And yes, I can't die young. Did you know that? It's too late. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's too late. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't want to die young. No, don't worry, it's too late. <laughs> you got an answer for that one. See, God is good. <laughs> so, so now when you start doing these things, you will see you attract. But your words are what brings 
this, what you got in the spirit into the natural. But not words in something in the future, but in words in that I got it. Can you imagine? What do you do when you got the wrong code into a bank? You go, say, you don't question what you got in your account. You question how you did it. Okay? You don't question, oh, maybe the bank won't give me my money. You know, you have no doubt about that. You question, maybe I got the password wrong. The same thing with your prayers. If your prayers are not answered or manifested, don't question if it's God's will. Question, how did I change it? What, where do I need to change? Oh, I thought it was 5555. No, no, no. It was 7777. Oh, okay. I tried 777. Oh, yeah, now it works. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, but I like 5 better than 7. <laughs> yeah, but I've been I've always been told five is better than seven. Yeah, but this is how it works. Yeah. yeah, but my grandma told me so, and her granddad told her, and so no. The thing is, we do it God's way, and I'm telling you what I'm telling you. You don't hear it many places because Christians have been brainwashed in this part of the world that their prayer is just a religious exercise and not actually exercising their authority. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to a prayer meeting, it's like a, you know, I, I can't stand it. It's terrible. It's like a lot of wailing women. Someone died. Or, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Like they're begging it. Oh, Jesus, will you please? Oh, you know, I've done this for you too, you know. Yeah, I know it's not my voice, but you know, I did do it, you know. <laughs> did you see? I don't do it for people, but, you know, Jesus, did you see? I didn't kick the cat last night, you know. It's, and it, God, this is not prayer. Can you imagine your kids came to ask you, they, they, want, they want dinner. Oh, can we have dinner tonight? Oh, please. Oh, please give me dinner. Please. It doesn't make any sense. If someone stood and all watched and said, something wrong in that family. I, I want to know why no one says, there's something wrong with that church, if, if this is how we're praying. But we think it's holy. Have you ever thought, why do we look downwards when we pray? Mm. Let's pray. <coughs> I thought prayer was communication. We are, you're supposed to look at the one you're praying to. So you are supposed to look up. Let's pray. Or folding your fingers. I don't know where we got that one from. I think it's something we all... No one ever taught me to do that. But the first time I prayed, I noticed I did it. <laughs> Let's pray. Oh. Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. I never even heard anyone preach about it, but it just have you noticed it just come natural? Let's pray. I remember first time I came into a church, at a charismatic church, they were lifting their hands. I thought I was in a neo-Nazi group. <laughs> what was going on here, you know? <laughs> I remember all looking up at the ceiling. Was... <laughs> okay, but the thing is, we need to be we we renewed. Renewed. So now if you have pain in your body, if you experience pain in your body, if you experience that, instead of saying, please take it away, Jesus, no, say, thank you, Jesus, it has been taken away. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and, the, and the devil say, aha, you can still feel it. Say, oh, thank you, I can feel it. 
I can't feel anything. Oh, yes, you can feel. No, I can't feel anything because Jesus has healed me. Oh, you can feel. No, I can't feel anything. Hallelujah. Amen. And when you start, suddenly you see it, that's when you're getting it. You know, this is what you see you know, in 2008, in autumn, when I said that this place was going to be a revelation center. It was not in terms of teaching, but it's in terms of that when you are here, suddenly everything is easy. Suddenly it becomes easy to, to believe. Suddenly it becomes easy. That, that thing that when you came from home, you, it was, you had this dark cloud over your head when you came in. And it was raining over your head. And then you come in the meeting, in the atmosphere, and that dark cloud disappears. And suddenly what looked impossible, suddenly now there are solutions. This is what I mean by revelations. Now, when you see people getting healed, when they stand next to me, and do you know what actually happens? It's revelation. Suddenly, they see it themselves. And that's why I can say, now you got it. Do you understand? It's not the gift of healing. It's, it's not me bringing it. It's them seeing it. Okay? It's them seeing it. It's not about that... That, uh, so, so that's why I say people who are ill, bring them to church. Because in the atmosphere, suddenly the eyes open. Not, you know, and so, so, so this is what uh, is easy. That's why I have to preach so long, you know. Because I don't want you to. I know, I, I know the real reason is because some of you want to go, go home and sin now. Watch TV and it's not good for you. There's no aim in here. <laughs> I never thought like that. See, you just lied. See, we, I need to keep preaching now. <laughs> Amen. So, <clears throat> so grasp this thing. You have been blessed. It's in your hands. If it's, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle. Amen. Amen. Realize that. God never gives you more than you can handle. If it what you see in your circumstances, if that could destroy you, God would never allow it. The only problem is, God is not like your mom. Have you noticed with mothers? Mothers think you can only handle 50% of what you can handle. Because then mama will come and take over. But God knows that you can handle more than you think you can handle yourself. Why? Because he sees the greatness in you. And for you to achieve that greatness, we, you have to be stretched. You have to be challenged. But not challenged so much that it destroys you, but challenged so, just enough from, to, to grow you. Yes, amen. Uh, amen. You know, when you go to the gym, I, I don't, now this is theoretically, I never go to the gym. <laughs> I know you can't see that, but I never go to the gym. <laughs> I never go to the gym. <laughs> Oh, have you seen most bodybuilders? They always walk with their arms like this. Could put two. They can. They can carry a sack of rice here. <laughs> and then, and then, and they never. They never do it proper. Have you noticed bodybuilders? Big bodies and tiny legs. <laughs> no, big, big torso. And then skinny legs. <laughs> It's terrible. It's like this politician who had a... No, no, I, no, I don't want to say that. I, I don't want... Anyway, so, 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 so be bold. That's where you apply boldness. 
boldness is to 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 dictate no, to, to dictate your body, dictate your emotions, rather than your emotions and body dictating you. That's what boldness and courage is for. Amen. Don't be worried about what people think. They think you're weird too anyway. Did you? They think you're strange too. I thought they all like me. No, they don't. They think you're weird. So there's nothing to lose. And but I'm telling you, if you act that, your life will never be the same. But now, don't do it once. Make it a lifestyle. Make it a life uh, decision. Say, from this moment on, I'm going to change the way I speak. Just like when you came to England. You have to change. I can't speak my dialect here. If I, you go to work and you speak your, uh, your Filipino language, I say, what? Yeah, it's not my fault. You can't understand my language. No, if you want to settle here, you speak the language. Amen? Amen. Now, in the kingdom of God, if you want to settle, establish yourself, you speak the language of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. And at first, it sounds crazy. At first, it's strange. Many things in England, their habits, it's strange at first because not used to it. I tell you still, I have to, I tell you all, that I still have to look at both sides when I cross the road. I can even now I can sometimes find myself when I'm not thinking going to the wrong side of the car. It's it's a strange thing, but but you 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 forcing yourself. There are things in the Bible like confessing. I find it strange. Doesn't matter. I can't understand why God chose me, but I still declare it. David say I can't understand why God chose you. I'm thinking I can't understand that too, but I don't tell him. <laughs> they will say, oh, why did God choose you? I don't understand that. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't understand that too. But I don't tell him. Yeah. Amen. So I say, I, so what I tell the devil, oh, I can fully understand that. Heaven, look, can't you see? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm amazing. And I, in my head, I say, yeah, oh, you're completely crazy. Yeah, but I don't tell him. Now you are afraid. Yeah, I am, but I don't tell him. Amen. You know, but it's nothing wrong to be afraid. But it's about what do you do when you are afraid? Do you run to the devil or do you run to God? I choose to run to God. How do I run to God? Say what God says. Or now I feel fear. There is a symptom in my body or whatever it may be. When I say to God, by his stripes I have been healed. What do I do? I run to God. But if I say, oh... In my family, that illness runs about my age. So now what I'm doing, I'm running to the devil. Amen? But, but don't run to the devil, run to God. Run to God. Run to God. Oh, now you've got a midlife crisis. No, 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 I don't have any midlife because I'm going to live long. I don't want to live that long. <laughs> Can you imagine your best friend is 40 years younger than you? Everyone, every, every time you speak to someone, they can't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fun at all, isn't it? Anyway, so, so, so do this. Make this a lifestyle. And at first, you will find it be methodical. Okay? But don't let the devil say, hey, now it works. No, this is, it's you training yourself in a new way. Yes. And then it becomes second nature. It's like when you're driving a car. The first time you drive a car, there's so many things you have to sort out. Mirror, side mirrors, uh, 
cyclists, clots, gear, speed. Even though, like I told you, when I took my license in the winter, it was so much to think about that suddenly I couldn't see out of the car because I was, it was steaming inside the car. So we have to roll down the windows. And, but as you, and I, I remember in the beginning I was taking driving lessons. I said, I will never know how to get all these things. But because you kept going and kept going and kept going, suddenly it clicked. All of these things just clicked into, now you can drive to places. Sometimes I come home and say, did I watch the speed cameras? Because I can't remember how I got home. I just... Uh, uh, because it just became and that's the same thing you can train yourself to do what I taught you today it can be second nature but you speak this, speak this, speak this speak. This. in the beginning it will be difficult, it will be hard but it's a process uh, it's because it, it's like turning a ship Amen. So, so when the devil say oh now you're religious, no 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 you keep saying it okay, amen father we ask you to so help us uh, pray for uh, no, no, uh, to strengthen us.